friends and art therapists. This is Yu Jung, and here on the Thirsty for Art podcast, we talk all about growing as art therapists and professionals and building our own online businesses. All right, so today we will be talking about clinical versus non-clinical art therapy. All right, so. I have an Instagram account. Um, if you don't follow me or if you haven't seen my account on Instagram, make sure to check it out. My handle is Thirsty for Art Official, and on there I posted about this topic: clinical versus non-clinical art therapy work. So basically, I you know categorize art therapy into these two types, and. It's a very broad category, of course, and this is not mutually exclusive in any way, of course. And we might find ourselves doing a hybrid of these two types of work in in the field, and that's totally okay. This is also a perspective on art therapy work, right? Not everything that we do might fall into these two categories, and that's okay because these categories are totally just made up. <laughs> these categories are just um, ways to just you know framework our work, if that makes sense. So, um, just a way, one way to look at our work and. Um, it will help us, you know, really understand our work a little bit better. Um, I think that when we do categorize in this way, we can see like what type of work that we actually want to do. Because you know, with our therapy work, there are so many different ways to go about this. And um, if we do delineate in this way, uh, we can see like what it really truly aligns with us. And in a previous episode that I've done, uh, where I shared about myself and the reason why I went into um, building my own business and finding thirsty for art was this, um, because I really opened my eyes to non-clinical art therapy work, and I realized that it was possible to do this work, and so that's why I want to share about this too. Um, to really clarify what we can do as art therapists, and also open up the possibility for you guys who are feeling like clinical work is not what you truly want inside. So let's talk about what it really is, like what clinical work really is, what non-clinical work really is, and um, whatever I am sharing today is really based on my own experience and. Uh, what literature that I have really stumbled upon within my art therapy studies and research. Um, so it's my opinion and thoughts plus other art therapists who have written about this type of stuff. I feel like there isn't a lot of literature or writing about this um, in particular, but I do see that a lot of other art therapists before me have really touched upon upon this subject, and we all kind of know um, there are these different types of art therapy work. If you haven't really thought about this, like what type of work, what am I actually doing? Then this is a really good episode for you. So let's talk about the clinical work first. So with clinical work, um, 
I think this is the type of work that a lot of art therapists in the U.S. at least um, really, you know, this is really based on my experiences within the U.S. and what I see going on here. So I can't really speak for everybody else in different countries, but I would be curious to know how it is in your country um, if you live somewhere else. Uh, but clinical art therapy work in the U.S. is really a particular type of art therapy work. And it is um, a type of work that a lot of us, like 90-something percent of us, really go into right after we graduate from our uh, master's program when we become employed by an organization or company or place, you know, nonprofit perhaps, um, that hire us to provide our therapy. And so a lot of the the aspects and characteristics of clinical work really is based on these employers, right? And so all these characteristics that I'm going to share is really kind of just like what's really expensive what's expected uh, by these employers and what their practices are and how they run the business. And so a lot of the times, yeah, we do get into clinical art therapy work. And um, because so many of us go into that work, it, it becomes a default mode almost. And uh, sometimes we don't realize that that's not the only way <laughs> to go about things. Uh, so Anyway, so clinical work is oftentimes, yeah, when we are employed by other organizations. And so these employers actually set the rules and expectations and regulations and standards and, you know, approaches and practices and philosophies, right? And so a lot of the times in these settings within this work, you are working around a DSM, so Diagnostic Statistics Manual. Um, and you're really using diagnoses based on the DSM. And they also, because of that, you do have to really focus on the pathology part, right? You do have to have a diagnosis, right? In order to go on to treatment, um, which includes our therapy. And so clinical work often happens in hospitals, in clinics, medical settings, of course, treatment centers, mental health agencies. Um, it could also happen in private practice, of course, nursing homes, um, places like that. So a lot of these places really um, provides treatment through the medical model approach, right? So I'm assuming that a lot of you already know what the medical model uh, really is, but it's kind of the way that our modern, um, Western modern societies approach illness and treatment. And it's the way that our medical system is kind of set up. And this often involves um, treating mental illnesses or disorders and physical diseases, of course, through medication. So a lot of times psychiatrists are involved. A lot of times clients actually receive or almost all of them receive um, some type of um, drug or medication. Um, and this is a part of the treatment approach. 
And often, uh, one of the first things that they do to clients who are getting diagnosed is to um, offer the medication first. With clinical work, you are most likely in a private setting. Like your sessions happen privately. Um, it, it is not public or open. Um, it is just between you and that person, that client. And of of course, there's always some kind of agreement, um, contract, things like that. And clinical work can happen um, locally. Uh, I think like 99% of the time locally, meaning it is an in-person type of approach. Um, it cannot be scaled, I don't think. So um, it cannot be scaled to um, be like out of state or even out of country. So it it's very hard for uh, your clinical work to be... Um, to be available for access for people around the world. It can only be available for access within your local area and within your city or state. Oftentimes, clinical work is uh, work that is done under a license, under a mental health license, under an art therapy license. And this license is, you know, of course, regulated by the state and the state board that regulates, you know, probably all mental health uh, clinicians, um, including social workers, psychiatrists, psychologists, um, other marriage and family therapists, etc., etc. So you're often, you know, working under license. Of course, this only applies mostly to the states that do have our therapy license. Um, but if you are in a state without our therapy license, there's a high likelihood that you are working under another mental health license. Um, if you are wanting to do insurances. So another characteristic of clinical work is that you are often working with insurance companies. Um, even if you are employed by an organization, that organization is probably paid by insurance companies or Medicare or Medicaid. A third party is paying for the client's uh, treatment. And so this, of course, can happen in private practice and also it can happen in um, employed settings, right? Um, There's a lot of things that come with working with insurances. It's, I think it's not really a simple thing. There's a lot of things to consider. Um, and if you are in private practice, um, there's a lot of things to consider when you are working under insurance, um, especially with like pay and especially with confidentiality, things like that. Because um, when you work with insurances, your file with your client information and your session notes and everything like that is really accessible by the insurance companies and the people who work in the insurance companies. And there can be a lot of complications and issues that come with that, um, that a lot of us might not realize when we first go into private practice. Um, and these are some things that I've, you know, really heard from other people who who have been doing work with um, clients who 
pay with their insurances. So, um, so something to keep in mind. And I can go into more detail about this in future episodes, but I, I want to keep this kind of short because I want to really talk about the long clinical part of this because <laughs> uh, it's something that not a lot of people really talk about. So, um, so you probably know uh, clinical work really involves working with insurance companies. Um, of course, not always, but often does involve insurances. Um, another thing with clinical type of art therapy work is it often comes uh, with this hierarchy of expert versus patient. Okay, and so um, I think this happens because we are in a kind of a medical model approach, uh, especially in the West here. Um, and when we uh, work within medical model approach and within these like medical settings, um, the way we approach treatment or working with clients really is influ- influenced by the system that's already there. And a lot of times um, that system doesn't really embrace a equal uh, equal level between the patient and the treatment provider. Often the treatment provider is in a higher position who has a lot of power and control um, and access to the patient. So is this is a kind of an inherent hierarchy that is uh, built into the system that kind of like is there and our therapists work within that system. So uh, we naturally kind of like put that into practice as well within our work. And sometimes this can be a point of struggle, right? Sometimes that's not really aligned with how we want to work with. Um, or maybe we find ourselves within those hierarchical systems and we're trying to really practice a more more equal level of or relationship with our clients. But the funny thing is that it's not an easy thing, I think. Even if we we see our relationship as equal, sometimes our clients do not see that as, as such. Um, so it's a very tricky thing, I think. Um, and the last thing I want to mention about the clinical art therapy work is that art therapy is often seen as a supplement or adjunct um, service to psychiatric treatment. And so a lot of times, you know, clients come in within this kind of uh, setting, the workplace that we work at, uh, with uh, mental health problems and they are treated for mental health issues and the first thing is, is of course the main thing is of course uh, psychotherapy right verbal psychotherapy and medication um, and oftentimes a lot of other creative art therapy is um, kind of like an adjunct or a supplement to their main treatment and so this is something that happens kind of like um, it's not even a set in stone rule per se within a lot of these settings. It's just something that happens. And it happens that you know, art therapists become kind of like a supplementary treatment provider or service provider within these settings. Um, there's a lot to really talk about 
<laughs> in terms of what's going on within these work settings. Um, but I think that's probably another whole episode <laughs> we can take. So, um, so you get the kind of picture of what clinical art therapy work is really like. And uh, I bet a lot of you already have experience and you know what I'm talking about. And, you know, I'm just kind of like regurgitating what you probably have experienced already, if you've seen already, what you know already. Um, so let's talk about the non-clinical type of art therapy work. I'm so excited to talk about this, right? Like, I feel like we don't do as much talking about this. And a lot of times our research, our writing, our literature, um, the things that we talk about in conferences, whatever, you know, whatever we do really revolves around clinical art therapy. And I think that there is a lot of importance that we we are missing within non-clinical work, right? A lot of benefits that come with this type of work that uh, I think we don't really think about. So uh, so non-clinical work, which is the type of work that I am doing myself right now within my own business, um, I'm so happy I'm doing it. And you'll kind of see why I'm happy doing it. <laughs> Because I'll be kind of describing what what it really uh, involves. So non-clinical work really does not um, revolve around diagnosis, does not revolve around DSM, um, does not revolve around pathology, uh, most likely. Um, Non-clinical work is often well-being focused. It's about people's strengths. It's about people who don't have diagnoses, maybe they're like quote-unquote normal, um, maybe they don't have any diagnosis, but they're dealing with life struggles. Um, a lot of things that we might universally experience. Um, so oftentimes, non-clinical art therapy work might focus on specific life themes, like grief, um, like relationship problems, right? Those are these are things that won't be like diagnoses, but um, these are just things that we might struggle with in life, right? Non-clinical work can also uh, focus on systemic problems um, like racism, sexism, things like that, like social issues. Um, it can also address and focus on spirituality, uh, a lot of times self-worth. Um, individual fulfillment and you know things like that uh, so if you kind of imagine the Maslow's hierarchy of needs the non-clinical type of art therapy work can really shine with like the middle and the higher parts of that of that need pyramid although it, it doesn't uh, exclude the lower parts I feel like non-clinical work probably like encompasses all uh, so that's what non-clinical work often kind of, you know, focuses on. Um, it also can be a private type of work and a community and more public type of work, right? Like there is no big boundary on non-clinical work. Like clinical work is very, it has a very kind of hard and set boundary in, in what you can do. And a lot of times it has to like, those services has to happen within private settings. Um, Non-clinical work, you can see that our therapy is more flexible in terms of what it can look like. And so it can happen in private settings, 
um, but it can also happen in like community settings and really more like a society social uh, level you know there's a lot of community art therapy that can go on um, there can be like maybe global art therapy too non-clinical art therapy work can be like project-based too like these projects can look like anything and it can happen in community settings right and so um, it's very flexible um, as I said it can be very global and it can definitely be international work um, it doesn't involve licenses uh, because it's like more global and it's not clinical, right? It's not about medical treatment per se. It's more about addressing the things that a lot of us experience in life and just finding ways to express ourselves and having a safe, safe space and method to do so, connect with other people, understand ourselves in creative ways. It's almost like it's like everything in addition to addressing mental health. <laughs> um, so non-clinical art therapy uh, can integrate with a lot of different disciplines like education, like life coaching. Uh, it could, you know, integrate with like maybe yoga, uh, movement-based things, approaches, um, so many different disciplines that can really integrate with art therapy, right? And one thing that really distinguishes non-clinical from clinical art therapy work, I think, is the fact that non-clinical type really sees art making and art therapy as integral to, to people's lives, to our lifestyle in general. Like expressing our feelings through art and making art is like the focus. Like that's, art is a big part of it. Right, like for the art therapists and for the people who are participating in this too. Um, you know, it's a little bit of a difference from the clinical uh, work, right? Because clinical work is kind of like art is like a supplement. It's like for those people who maybe can't do verbal therapy. And so like the people who do see art therapists in these types of uh settings in this clinical setting they are kind of limited there are certain profiles certain people that are referred to art therapists for for additional or supplementary treatment but i think that non-clinical art therapy work is really seeing art as the central piece of everything um art as a necessary thing in someone's life it's not just something that you go to additional tool to go to if something doesn't work or <laughs> or it's just additional something that's nice to have it's like very important for someone for us as humans to be able to be creative and express ourselves through art so those are really the big differences between clinical and non-clinical art therapy I think that there's a lot of things that um, we might not get to do when we are within clinical type of setting or work. And I'm here to really say like non-clinical art therapy is very important work, right? There's people who are not within, who don't get to be in medical settings 
uh, or treatment you know, sites where our therapy is present. There are all these other people who might not be in medical settings, but who, mo- who may really need our therapy, right? Or who, may, who are really interested in our therapy, but they don't have access. Or... And so with non-clinical art therapy, the great thing about that is you can do online art therapy work, right? Like if you do clinical work, um, it's really hard to do online work on a big scale. Uh, you can only probably see clients who are in within your state online. So it's a kind of like online art therapy within clinical type of work. It's just like a substitute for in-person work. But with non-clinical art therapy work, online art therapy is like its own thing. It can be its own thing. Um, like you could just do online art therapy, right? Because you know that it's going to reach the person in the opposite side of this world (laughs) or in a certain country, perhaps because you speak their language. Uh, And so with non-clinical work, you can do online work because it's not, your work is not really uh, bound by state regulations or because it's not seen as psychotherapy, basically, right? Um, Non-clinical work is really not about psychotherapy, as as defined by these states, um, when you do non-clinical art therapy, you open up to to all these opportunities to work with people all over the world, and this is one of the reasons why I'm doing online online work, and it is very satisfying. Although I I must say it's not for everyone because you know a lot of times art therapists, a lot of us are very used to in-person work and in-person work and online work is really a different thing and not everybody will like online art therapy work and that's totally fine because we you know we are all individuals we have things we like we don't we have things we don't like and some things vibe with us and some things don't and the way we work is the same way and so I find that it's so satisfying when I am able to do online art therapy work and I can see so many people with different backgrounds and experiences. And I know that this is something that's so needed. Like when I see my clients online, um, I often hear like this is their first time working with an art therapist. They've been wanting to, but they didn't know anybody. Um... And I'm reminded every day how needed this work is, really, how needed non-clinical art therapy work is. Because a lot of times, clinical work is really bound by certain regulations and boundaries, and locally to physically, too, is really bound. Although it has its, you know, really advantages, the clinical work. Um, so, but it's not like all encompassing, right? Like non-clinical work can be more flexible and more, in many ways, can be more accessible for a lot of people, for a lot of folks. And also when we do show up online as art therapists and really provide online art therapy services, then, you know, potential people and clients 
have a chance to get to really know us um when we build a presence online and do this work online it's like they get to understand and learn what our therapy is really about um and then when they do get to learn it it's like you are really influencing these people who might not have had an idea of what our therapy was or what it really looked looks like and feels like and and they can experience it for themselves through your through directly working with you um within sessions and i don't know i think it really opens up a, a lot of possibilities and amazing things especially in this time and day really in, a, in this digital world uh, where a lot of us are online and we are always kind of learning online really so what do you think about non-clinical versus clinical work i'm very curious about your thoughts i'm curious if your work is clinical right now or if your work is non-clinical or it can be both or maybe you're like back and forth as well maybe you are doing freelance work which which is a lot a lot of times like clinical work and but then you're building your own private practice at the same time which is non-clinical no things can happen we can do a lot of different things at once and so i'm curious how you are kind of like um doing these types of work i feel like a lot of us don't understand that our therapists have been doing non-clinical work, you know, probably from the beginning of this of this field. You know, if you know about Pat Allen, who's an art therapist, or if you know about Sean McNiff, who's written a lot of books about art therapy as well. Um, and, and there's like a lot of other art therapists who are in the trenches, kind of, so to speak, and just doing non-clinical work right now like on their own and it's not like widely talked about but they are doing this work nonetheless um within their career and so i know that a lot of our therapists are actually doing non-clinical work it's just that it's not really um talked about or maybe like it's not like valued a lot uh, or we feel like it's not as valuable as clinical work and i think that's just a uh, bias or that's just something that we kind of like believe in but it's kind of not true right like clinical and non-clinical work both are valuable types of work and uh, both are needed in this world of course and so I'm just here to say a lot of us that forget that non-clinical work is here and it is important and is something that is needed in this world so yeah, so I'm I'm curious how this really resonated with you. If you have any thoughts about it, questions about this, let me know. I am on Instagram at thirstyforartofficial or you can just email me hello at thirstyforart.com. Let me know your thoughts. Also, let me know um, what other topics or things you want me to cover in future episodes i love talking about the business aspect of art therapy work of course my specialty is online art therapy business so uh, send me all your ideas questions uh, topics that you want me to cover Um, i'll be happy to talk about those things 
Um, so thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll talk to you next time. All right, take care. Bye.